we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 68 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So I know it's only been a few days or so since I put something out, but I am very, well, quasi-excited anyway. Uh, one of the one of the parasite class, one of the great demons, has fallen and uh, has no doubt joined his father in the flames of perdition. Lord Rothschild, Lord Jacob Rothschild, has shuffled off his mortal coil at age 87. Uh, as it is, I was getting my shit together to go. <laughs> I'm, if you can believe this shit, I'm going to an airport this time, not to get on a plane. Like this time, I'm going to do this dodgy collection and escort thing not like I'm hiring an escort or working as an escort like I'm wearing my best fucking heels right now but uh just doing a little pick up and drop off dealing no motherfuckers I don't work for fucking uber anyway so yeah I guess this fucking sack of shit has uh has died and uh I looked at some of the stories going around on this like some of the news stories and some of the some of the great shit man I'll tell you, dude, I mean, as a white advocate, you know, you, you we have, I think, this idea that, like, you know, we want strong white men, we want traditional, solid, reliable white women, we want quality, you know, quality offspring, I want the good-looking kids, I want the nice houses, the beautiful neighborhoods, I want the whole thing, but what you get instead is you get Cuck Island, you get Cuck fucking Island, man. And I looked at some uh, some British British newspapers, and for the for the limeys in the crowd, man, I will apologize to you. I don't mean to come down on on our guys. It's just the it's the state of things, man. And uh, and not to say that America ain't right there neck and neck with you. It's just a different flavor of cuckery that just rubs me the entirely wrong way. And this uh, even in a comment section, man, like the way that the Brit bongs have of very dignifiedly asking like it's not his fault he's born wealthy he was an otherwise good man very accomplished managed to get into high finance difficult bit that yes hard times to work good lad good chap patron of the arts he was and um dude it's just it's it's like listening to boomers man rattle around about as long as they come legally type shit and it, it gives me cancer dude when i see Somebody talking about these jackals in that kind of a way. And for um, for those who weren't aware, and I can't see, this is, this is well, this is part of the fun, I guess, is that uh, I couldn't tell you the entire story of the, uh, the Rothschild family situation there. But as I recall, and I'm doing this off the top of my head because I only saw this story before I stepped out the door, um, as I recall, the situation with this Rothschild family was that this was, as with most of these usur usurious fucks, 
um, a family of money lenders lending at interest. Let me see the rates. And during the, uh, I want to say it was the Napoleonic situation that um, this uh, Rothschild, as it were, paid a, a tall sum of money to make sure that he had somebody that would haul ass back and tell him how the battle had come out, who had won, who had lost faster than anybody else would find out. And that enabled him to make, I don't know what, to short dick some commodity or to fuck somebody over in some kind of a way. I, mean, I think that's about as you know accurate of a description as any of us really need. Uh, I, I will probably for the next time, I'll take a look at what exactly the details were and how exactly he did, uh, I think it was Maya Rothschild, maybe that was, pick a Rothschild, does it really matter, one inbred coin clipper or another, and um, figure out exactly what the con was that allowed them to move to such prominence and round up even more shekels to loan, more shekels to loan at a healthy interest rate, oh god. Uh, so at which point they uh, spread their tentacles about the globe and uh, so I guess the idea here was that he sent his sons out into the world to basically infiltrate and take over the uh, major financial institutions of the Western world. And, uh, you know, first Europe, then the world. So these fucks got out there, and uh, that is what has led to the, the, the essentially Rothschild-connected central banks that we all know and love and that we, are, uh, that we all know and are familiar with. And I guess quickly, quickly, for those that, you know, how they say, like, uh, it could be somebody's first episode. So really quick, you know, usually I want to say, man, fuck you, just watch the show and try to keep up. Um, the central bank thing, man, like when people say, well, what, dude, what, what is it about these, these tiny hats that gets you people so spun up? Well, this is real. I mean, there are so many small things, so many horrible, horrible things, but this is one of the major components is this usury, this central bank component of their very nature. And so for for you, and for even you, Mr. Fed Man, listening in and taking careful notes about, yes, I'll speak about this when I see you in court, you go ahead and take notes on this too, and you think about it later when you're back at the pad, back at your shittily appointed apartment and uh, lumbering into that tiny-ass bed next to your excessively sturdy second wife. So the deal on this is that uh, the concept of the central bank, if you were unaware of the concept of the central bank, and, and for all the, the dudes that are in the know on this, man, I'm sorry, but I would, feel, I would feel remiss if I didn't give at least a taste on this. So the concept of a central bank is that one small gaggle of people, one small cabal, one small eine kleines internationale clique, right, owns the money that you use to conduct transactions. So where you might be thinking that like a national treasury or a government or just like, you know, you look at the dollar that you just gave to some overweight stripper, it says Federal Reserve note, right? And it's like Federal Reserve type shit. And that leads you to think that this is, uh, this is a government institution. It is not. It's called that so that you think that. It is not. It is a privately owned institution. This is not a fucking secret, not by any stretch. You can look this up literally anywhere. Not like on some flat earth foil hat, Alex Jones fucking, even though Alex Jones is right a lot, right? 
but this ain't some weirdo fucking deep dark secret man like the federal reserve a central bank any central bank in any major serious country at this point is a privately owned institution all right and those people they own the dollars that you use to conduct business and those dollars that you use are borrowed into existence at interest so essentially uh, the U.S. government says, "Hey, we have more people, or we are gonna. We our economy is expanding. We need more dollars in existence, so that the value of the dollar can stay theoretically can stay stable. So they have to borrow these dollars into existence. They borrow those dollars from a central bank. The central bank loans them, say, a hundred dollars, but now I'm gonna want a hundred and two dollars back. I'm gonna want a hundred three dollars back. Whatever." right so that's how a central bank makes money now one could say that like why don't we just tell these fucks to just go piss off down the road like you know go fuck yourself right off a cliff I'm not using your fucking money well that's a very good question and uh, there have been presidents specifically who tried that approach tried to say hey you central bank why don't you go fuck yourself uh, Thomas Jefferson no not Thomas Jefferson sorry Andrew Jackson was one. He was actually the first and only president to pay off the national debt. And when he proposed getting away from this den of vipers, as he referred to them specifically, there was an attempt to assassinate him. A dude rolled up with two flintlock pistols and pointed a bolt at the guy's chest and both misfired. So really the only thing between Andrew Jackson and Two fucking flintlocks. Two, uh, what would you call it? Like, I don't know. What the fuck do you call it? The bullet that comes out of a flintlock. I'm sure it's something good. Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Anyway, the only thing between Andrew Jackson and two fucking flintlocks to the chest was the fact that this guy uh, apparently didn't know what the fuck he was doing, right? Like, trust a Hebrew, right? Like, it, it was his own fucking, uh... World Trade Center 7. It was his own Building 7. Like, oh shit, it was supposed to go down this way. And like, yeah, you know, when it comes to the, the practical application, you fucking jerks can't do anything right. But so he was the first guy. Then it was, um, I want to say James Garfield, I believe it was, was assassinated. And he ran heavily on a uh, anti-central bank platform. Like, we're going to get rid of these fucks. going to get rid of them. Also, too, then, uh, Abe Lincoln. So, Abe Lincoln, this is, the guy's kind of a trip because um, Abe Lincoln was actually a pen pal of Carl, not Karl Marx. Yes, Karl Marx was a pen pal of Karl Marx. And... I don't know, you know, how much you see, or maybe, you know, it's like something you'd be telling yourself, like this kind of collectivist mindset, and certainly the idea of reeling in the the Confederate states to say, like, no, no, we all have to be as one on the same page, you're not going fucking nowhere, that, that really seems to reflect uh, something he would have taken away from maybe not interactions with Marx, but definitely a shared perspective with that son of a rabbi. And yes, Karl Marx, son of a rabbi. So uh, Abe Lincoln then, where usually uh, war is, you know, people will try to tell you like, oh, you know, whenever an economy starts to sag, you know, somebody gets a war spun up and that gets the industry going and so on. And then, you know, the economy gets back on track. No, motherfucker. Like a few people get fucking rich. The nation itself gets poorer, and then they have to borrow a fuck ton of money 
from, you know, the central bank to make this whole fucking thing go. So the idea that somebody gets rich, yeah, somebody gets rich. The tiny hats get rich, right? But uh, Abe Lincoln was actually kind of took a novel approach whereby he didn't actually cut away from the central bank, but did make the decision to issue his own currency, a la the greenback, right? So you've heard of this, the greenback, right? So uh, you could probably speculate, and I don't know, and I don't know to what degree there's anything to this, or maybe there's writing on it, or people know more about it than I do, but that... Um, there was the idea of we're going to pull away from the central bank, continue on with this greenback idea. And that was a good bit of what led John Wilkes Booth, eh, a fucking stage actor, to smoke the guy and then leap to the stage. I mean, what could be more Hebrew than that, right? And I don't know that John Wilkes Booth was a Hebrew. I had heard speculation that he was. I don't know whether he was or wasn't. I had also heard some speculation that he was associated with Knights of the Golden Circle, which I don't know. I mean, if you're going to go around naming secret societies, what more? What sounds more 1800s-y than Knights of the Golden Circle? Sounds cool to me. Hey, man, you want to be in my club? Yeah, what's it called? Dragons. Ah, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to be in your fucking Dragons Club. The Eagles? No, fuck that too. Uh, Knights of the Golden Circle. Ooh, I like it. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. What do I do? Anyway, um, and then later on, there was um, JFK, who, as you know, uh, probably know anyway, spoke a good bit about his differences of opinion with these coin clippers and with Israel. And there's a lot of talk that uh, his, uh, his desire to make it otherwise impossible for Israel to have a nuclear capability is what got him smoked. And uh, I mean, dude, that whole tangled web, dude, I mean, that warrants its own going over. I'm not, not going to do that right now. But uh, that does kind of warrant its own going over because one James Jesus Angleton, who was the counterintel chief at CIA during, uh, I can't remember what all years, man, but prior to and during uh, Kennedy's uh, reign, Kennedy's reign, Kennedy's presidency, and was also the counterintel guy when Kennedy got smoked. And James Jesus Angleton you might or might not be aware was Mr. Fucking Israel. He's the only non-Jew with two monuments dedicated to him in Israel. One is at the King David Hotel where he liked to hang out and another is along a path overlooking what I believe is the old city and placed there by friends from Mossad is what I understand the plaque says. So the, uh, the question at the time specific to him was whether or not nuclear material was leaving, I can't remember what facility it was. I want to say it was a facility in New York, but I can't remember for sure. But uh, nuclear material leaving a facility uh, that somehow made its way to Israel under his not-so-watchful eye. And the question was eventually, like, not how did you miss this, but how could you possibly have not known this? Like, basically, there's no way you could not have known this. So, yeah, fucking A, he fucking knew. But uh, it does kind of go a long ways to seeing where, like, the, the, the picture becomes a little bit clearer, right? When, you know, you start looking at 
Israel is like, we want a nuclear capability. Where are we going to get this stuff? Well, we're going to get a lot of stuff from um, Robert Maxwell, a.k.a. Robert Benjamin Hyman Hoke, father of Ghislaine Maxwell. He's one of the guys that helps stand up and arm the, uh, the Israeli military, acting as not a foreign agent, not a double agent, but as a triple agent going between KGB and CIA. No, not CIA, MI6. And uh, and then ultimately Mossad. Haha, ha, tricked you all, fuck you. So he got them a whole lot of stuff. And then on the other side of the clipped coin is all of the material coming from the U.S., all of the nuclear material under the watch of James Jesus Angleton that would go on to give them the, the nuclear capability that they still don't admit they have. But when you hear talk from Kennedy at the time about how he wants to split the CIA into a gazillion pieces, how he doesn't want to see Israel with this nuclear capability, and then some talk about, yeah, maybe we start moving away from this central bank idea. I mean, you got to see that, like, this guy's days are numbered, man. Like, they're not going to stand for that shit, right? So, shuffling back to the uh, to the central bank concept and the, the Rothschild that is a huge component for you first time listener and for you fed man that is why we have such an axe to grind not because it's making my life harder because i'm just some fucking loser that wants to blame my woes on lord rothschild but because he's doing it to you too he's doing it to you he's doing it to your white family he did it to your white parents and he's going to do it to your white kids and even your white grandkids are going to be kicking down shekels to this guy who contributes nothing every time your great-grandkids go to work, they're going to come home at the end of the year to a notice in the mail talking about, so, how'd we do this year? What can I get? You're going to help me out a little bit? You know, I've got some interests I need to look after. What can you do to help me? Right? That's why. That's exactly why. Why we have such an axe to grind with these fucking parasites. But, you know, I'll take the white pills where I can get them, and, um, Lord Rothschild shuffled off his mortal coil and hopefully hopefully boiling in a pot of bacon fat. That's what I'm talking about. In any case, enough of Rothschild, I think. So somebody had put in the uh, in the chat an article off of Zero Hedge about how the New York Times has just, I suppose, spilled the beans. I suppose spilled the beans on 12 secret bases along the Ukraine along the Ukraine Russian border that were stood up and manned and and uh, I don't know basically CIA bases is what they're saying all right so what exactly that means or what exactly that consists of it's it, the whole thing is extremely difficult to say because one you really only have to look so far back as like the Tora Bora thing where they were talking about Osama bin Laden hustling across the border to Pakistan. All right, he, he, and we'll leave the fucking, you know, bin Laden didn't blow up the towers. Tell the truth, nigger. It was you, niggers. All right, we'll leave that for another day. But what we will focus on here is the idea that, especially to this country and to, you know, most modern countries, this border thing really fucking matters. All right, it very, very much matters. And... I would say that it matters so much that when you look at like what's going on with Israel, where like what's your concern, right? Like, dude, you're crossing fucking borders. You're blowing up shit in Syria. You're blowing up shit in Lebanon. You've got these uh, these Palestinians 
like you've moved them through like four different zones. And I saw this this cool graphic, man, and I I fucked up and closed the Telegram channel, and I don't know where the hell it was now. But it was this real cool graphic that it, like it kind of laid out the different sections, and I guess there's four different sections of Gaza. And I can't, I obviously, I don't know, remember what the fuck they were. It was like North Gaza, something, and then like that Jan Kunis thing. And then like the last one is this Rafa deal where they're all like, I guess, two million. Well, two million minus the 30,000 that have been liquidated, you know, at record fucking speed. They're all wedged into this last section called Rafa that's right up against the, the Egyptian border. But uh, the point is, man, that like borders matter, right? If you're you're gonna play this game and plus it gives you like a level of deniability of like you know if you at least give the impression that like yeah man borders matter we respect borders um, then in the event that you do cross borders and you fuck around then you will at least have some deniability so what you'd see you know and, and the Hachis do it to us when they come here like look where they set up shop dude they set up shop all along the north near Canada because Canada it is what it is. I mean, and again, Leafs, I'm sorry, man. My bros, day of the rake, give me a call. But Canada, as a country, no balls. It's fucking America's hat, if that. Right? Fucking nation of yard gnomes. Sorry, sorry. So these Somalians, man, I don't believe that it's an accident that they cruise up there and they set up shop basically all along the border so that if and when they decide to start fucking around, they can just bounce back and forth like, oh, you're going to get me. I am in Canada now. And Canada's like, sorry, I can't do nothing about it. So it's the same thing, man. So CIA sets up fucking shop all along the Russia border. And to what degree these are bases or secret bases or ninja training bases or what the fuck ever kind of bases. Basically, it's a fucking outpost. But according to this article, like they had dumped a lot of time, money and manpower into setting these fucking things up. So they're talking about where they can capture Russian products like drones or missiles or what the fuck ever, do some reverse engineering type shit, and then launch that shit back out. Uh, yeah, for my money, dude, I will speculate wholeheartedly that this shit very much is, has, was, gone on. Um, how would it get dimed out? Well, because America doesn't recruit the brightest bulbs on the fucking tree, man. So... In my time talking to people that were willing to give up goods on their countrymen, what you basically see a lot, man, is people that kind of suck. So, you know, rewinding back to that Lee Harvey Oswald, fucking Lee Harvey Oswald, the fucking JFK thing, when they talk about, like, Lee Harvey Oswald, this is not a fucking hitter, this is not a fucking man who changes the fucking, uh, you know, the flow of history, this guy, he's a fucking loser, look at this fucking asshole. Yeah, look at this fucking asshole. These are exactly the kind of people that get targeted for like, how about this fucking guy? Because when you think about it, man, it's like, who gives up their countrymen? And I don't mean like, you know, when you look at like our situation, it's like, well, we don't really have a country. Our country gave us up, you know? So when we're like, man, America, this is fucking balls, dude. This situation is fucked. It's not because we just looked around and decided like, yeah, this otherwise tip-top country is like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, I've got problems, and it's everybody else's fault. No, dude. I mean, this country pretty much has said about as plainly as you can, uh, yeah, white men, you're the problem. We want you out of here. Oh, we got states that are too white. We need to fix that. All right? I mean, what more do you need to fucking hear? But in these other places where at least... 
you know, you could walk up and down the street and people are going to look somewhat like you. Nobody's going to say, like, you're the asshole for having an issue with your country getting invaded. At least in these places, it is still weird, you know, to, to just sell out your own country. To say, like, yeah, you know, these people are all a lot like me. I've got, you know, in my little town, there's, like, a lot of, uh, what, immediate family members. Uh, but, you know, fuck that. <laughs> you know, fuck that. Uh, give me a few bucks. I'll give you what you need. These are not going to be high-quality people. So you are going to naturally figure at some point they're going to be lying to you. They're going to tell you things just to get a little more money. They're going to tell you that, like, oh, the guy before you, you know, he was saying he was going to give me, like, $10,000, and he still owed me, but I just need to know when you're going to come through with that. Or he said he was going to get me uh, an AK. Where the fuck is that? You know, these fuckers will lie, dude. They're fucking dirtbags. That's why they're taking this job, all right? So... When you look at like, well, goodness gracious, how could this whole situation have been compromised? Pretty fucking easy, man, right there, because, you know, that was something that people would always ask whenever I would interact with the locals or, you know, like if somebody was giving some thought to like, yeah, maybe I'll tell you where, you know, fucking Muhammad X is hiding out. Something they would always ask, like, you know, if there's going to be repeat business and like, hey, how do I know you're not going to fuck me over? Because America has a reputation for fucking people over who help them out. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I will fuck you over. Like, fuck you, retard. You're fucking over your whole fucking, your little, you know, network, your little town here or whatever. Like, yesterday you were fucking jihadi, fucking soldier of Allah. And today you're like some asshole that's going to dime out your friends for a hundred bucks. Fuck you, man. You'll get what I fucking give you. And, and honestly, that usually fucking worked, but he ain't wrong either because, uh, America does have, you know, in this fucking capacity does have a tendency to like, yeah, thanks for the info. Best of luck. I mean, that Afghanistan situation and don't get me fucking wrong. I don't think these assholes have a leg to stand on saying, oh, I want to come to America. I helped you. I'm your friend. Fuck you, knucklehead. I didn't need to come to your fucked up country to like... Dude, I have had fucking conversations with motherfuckers about this shit. About like, oh, you know, they're our allies, bro. They're our friends, bro. You don't do that to your friends. One motherfucker, they're not your fucking friends. They're your fucking employees. These assholes come to you and say, I'll tell you where fucking... I'll, I'll tell you where the goddamn Holy Grail is. I'll show you a picture of the fucking burning bush. And... They want fucking money, dude. They want a hookup. They want their kid to get, you know, a fucking fake leg. They want a glass eye for their grandfather. They fucking want. This ain't fucking friendship, dude. They're not telling you this shit. Even though you're the one that came halfway around the fucking world to unfuck their stupid neighborhood, you're the one that's got to kick down. These people ain't your fucking friend. All right? So any of this shit I had heard, and I had even dudes that I had worked with, dudes that were in my community, they were like, oh, bro, these are allies, bro. Like, they're fucking dirt squirrels, dude. These aren't your fucking friends. Stop this shit. Grow the fuck up. Stop it. You know, so back to live action, man. It's not a real fucking stretch of the imagination to guess like, well, how the fuck did this get compromised? Pretty fucking easy. Probably a guy looked around and was like, you know, I see a lot of these CIA motherfuckers starting to pack bags and no doubt they're like, yeah, no, dude, everything's cool. I just got to, you know, we got to send some shit back and get it fixed. Uh, we're actually going to be standing up a new, uh, you know, a new spot, probably a block or two over. Can't tell you where yet. Just can't tell you where. So I'm just going to pack up some of this shit, bro. But don't even worry, man. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And like, 
okay, and you know, and maybe shit starts getting a little sketchy, and they're like, you know what, man, I think these fuckers are gonna dime me out. So who would they call? I don't know who the fuck they would call, and I'm not completely sure how the fuck they would explain. Like, how the hell do you know about, you know, Mystery Base X, one of these twelve fucking bases along the uh, along the border or whatever? But uh, one way or another, it did get uh, it did get dimed out, and now these fucking guys are uh, or these fucking bases are dicks in the wind. So I'm kind of like, so this is the thing though, that makes me kind of, makes me a little bit sketchy about this, makes me a little bit uncertain on exactly what the fuck is going on. Because what you might assume, or hell, honestly, probably realistically should assume is that, you know, if you're at the New York Times, like you know, I know that journalists, like, you've got to be tuned up on, like, you don't publish fucking, like, legit classified that's going to get somebody fucking smoked, right? I mean, like, something like, hey, here's going to be the fucking day we invade Iraq. Here's the day we're going to fucking land on Normandy Beach. Although that would have probably, you know, ultimately things would have ended a whole hell of a lot better. But, um, you know, that shit aside, you know, you, you don't fucking do that. I ain't no fucking journalist, but I do feel fairly sure saying that, you know, I'm sure that there's some kind of journalistic go by, you know, whereby a motherfucker, especially like at the New York Times, knows and understands that like, hey, if somebody walks in here with fucking classified that is going to prove damaging to national interests, like you don't fucking publish that shit because maybe then, you know, the government comes by and is like, hey, we might have a little espionage issue with your newspaper. So uh, what I'm going to need from you is to sort of close your close your doors. You're not going to be doing business anymore. And then we're going to take a good long look at exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it. And whether you get to continue or not will depend on how cooperative you are. And, you know, I know there's a bunch of Hebrews in there that are like, you can't shut me down, it's a free press. But I also know how particular some motherfuckers can get where classified is concerned. So what I would say is that assuming that there is such a facility as, you know, is being talked about here, these these 12 uh, locations along the Ukraine-Russia border, this would be an extremely, like... How classified? Motherfucking classified. Shut the fuck up, classified. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, classified. Secret fucking squirrel classified. So, like, it's not, like, nobody would get their dick beaters on this and be like, oh, I mean, I imagine I can just talk about this, right? Is this cool? No, dude, not cool at all. Like, nobody's going to be cool with this. So the fact that it is out at all, like, just the fact that this, uh, this story got out it sort of it sort of begs the question like what would what would coin clipper incorporated get out of having this story out there you know what i mean like why would they let this get out and all i can really circle back to is that like the the funding thing like you ain't going to get fucking funding so the war ain't going to be able to continue you're not going to be able to get it on with russia anymore you're going to have to wait it out um, and just hope that, uh, hope that the situation gets worse. You know, if you're wanting World War Three, you're just going to have to fucking wait. You know, there's no more fucking gas in the tank. 
American people have had it with this bullshit. We're not interested in fucking... Yeah, let's send, you know, another fucking... What is it? What were they talking about? Like $60 billion or some shit? $60 billion fucking dollars to keep this party going. Honestly, at this point, like, I don't know. It's like, how does... Uh, how does Ukraine even get guys to fucking fight anymore? Like, you're going to run out of people before you run out of money, right? But um, if you've got this deal where you heard Putin say it earlier on, like, dude, you can supply all the fucking ambulances you want, supply all the med bags, supply all the, like, training on, you know, I don't know, driving fucking medevac vehicles. But if you start supplying arms... If you start supplying offensive capability, we're going to see you as a party to this. The dude fucking said it. So far, the dude has not been full of shit. Like, the guy has walked it like he has talked it. So now, it would seem to me, like, if you wanted to avoid war, like, you see that Russia is going to win this thing. Dude, I, I was at a fucking, I was at a dinner party, if you can imagine that, of all the places for coffee to show up, right? Fucking dinner party. So I'm at this fucking dinner party and I'm talking to this fucking doctor and I realized that, you know, just like from my community, like they would always tell you this shit, like you're a diplomat for the community. You might be the only one of us somebody ever meets. So you got to act the right way. And, you know, you, you know, until you stop giving a fuck, generally, you do kind of take that to heart because in a lot of ways it is true. You know, somebody meets you and they're like, oh, you're whatever the fuck. And you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, wow, that's but now you're every fucking you're every one of you that, you know, as far as they know, you're a thousand just like you. So, and it's you know, and I don't want to be that way with doctors. I'm sure there's some cool doctors out there. But I, I mean, I got to tell you, man, every doctor like like doctor, doctor, not like fucking doctor of journalism or some bullshit. Right. Like a fucking medical doctor. Every doctor I've met. Like, yeah, man, you're basically, I mean, you're a mechanic for the body, dude, and you're, you're very good at it, and that's a very tricky machine to work on, and every one of them is different, and every one of them has their quirks, and some respond to this wrench, and some of, some of them don't, but motherfucker, you are still a fucking mechanic, and you know about this shit. You don't know about all shit, all right? So, like, yeah, you could say, like, yeah, I'm a smart motherfucker, yeah, there's some shit right here that I've demonstrated an ability to learn. Yeah, that's impressive, dude. Good work. Good job. But God damn it, dude. Don't try to fucking tell me about fucking warfare, right? Like you've got exactly zero hours, zero seconds outside the fucking wire. Downrange even. And you're going to tell me about, no, bro. I mean, you know, Russia, dude, they're, you know, they're going to wear out. Trust me, bro. I'm like, fuck you, dude. What do you fucking know about it? I'm like, look at the fucking numbers, Holmes. This ain't a fucking Disney show. Like, the plucky little underdog hasn't got a snowball's chance in fucking hell to pull this thing off. It's not fucking happening. All right? So, uh, this idea, like, yeah, and this guy's telling me, man, like, yeah, bro, I've heard, you know, that, like, Russia is down to, like, you know, like, 98% of their, their conscripts are gone. I'm like, dude, it's been, like, two years. Probably 98% of their conscripts have rotated out. Their time was up. All right. I mean, and, and I, I don't keep an eye on like, what is the, the Russian conscript situation? Is there a draft? Has there been a draft? Has there been a stop loss? Any of that shit. But what I can say is like, dude, did you, where did you read that? Did you read that in a Russian newspaper? Did you read that in a Ukrainian newspaper? Did you get that off CNN? Because probably it's bullshit. All right. Fucking, uh, 
Territory is not being lost in Ukraine because Russia is losing their ass. It doesn't fucking work like that, right? And they've really given the impression that like, okay, we're done with this bleeding the West thing. They're not going to send any more money. We're just going to smash these Ukrainians, get the fuck out of here. And that seems to be the pace that they're moving at. Like they're rolling pretty fucking hard. But now look at this fucking mystery CIA base along the border thing. I'm inclined to think that a very valid strategy for letting that get out becomes like, oh, U.S., then you want to fuck around? You want to fight us? Okay, motherfucker, let's fight. And now they want to kick it off with the U.S. Like, we could take the U.S., like, try to suck them into a fight with us. And now we can we can stay engaged. And now we can pull NATO into this thing. And now we can bunny ears jumpstart all these economies because it's going to be war and, and we have to spin up wartime production. You know, and of course, like we just talked about, we know how that fucking ends. It ends with Shlomo holding the keys to your fucking factory. So, in all, man, I, I am inclined to think, who the fuck knows, dude, really? I'm inclined to think maybe Russia will continue to be the cooler heads and maintain that fucking focus on just doing what they're trying to do and not get roped in by what, quite honestly, comes across as a little bit of a ham-fisted fucking attempt to draw them out. If there's, I haven't seen other articles. I've only looked at that one. And I didn't even see the one in the New York Times because I'm very lazy and also because I saw this before I was walking out the door. But um, it would seem like they would kind of look at this and go, why did they let this get in the papers? Are they just this sloppy or are they trying to suck us into something? Did they let this out there because they wanted us to see it? If they did want us to see it, what would they want us to do? Oh, they want us to attack. Why? So they can pull the rest of fucking NATO in here. And now we're not just fighting Ukraine. We're fighting the whole fucking continent of Europe plus America. Why the fuck would they want that? And are they stupid enough to go for that? I could see some of the balloon heads in D.C. thinking that they would be stupid enough to go for that. And I can just as easily see, you know, the like the, the decision makers I've seen talking uh, from Russia see them laughing about it. Like, this is fucking stupid. I'm not, I don't, you know, we assumed you did have bases all along there, or they probably knew anyway. Who the fuck knows? But um, in any case, man, uh, time will fucking tell. But it was just interesting. And really, oh, fuck, sorry, I'm so fucking tired. Um, It is, I mean, compared to when I was around, dude, something like this, you know, secret uh, bases, a series of secret locations right along a border between a, I don't know, bunny ears friendly or bunny ears bought and paid for and puppet string controlled by Victoria Newland. Uh, like a bunch of secret bases right along a country like that and uh, a country that we're honestly hasn't really done anything to us, but that we have some kind of issue with. We're, we're like the fucking drunk guy at the bar, dude. We, we really are. The U.S. is like the fucking drunk guy that's like, Oh, I'll fight that motherfucker right there. Like, leave that fucking guy alone. What do he do to you? Fuck that guy. Look at him, that motherfucker. I'll fuck him up. Like, what? This is stupid. Let's get out of here. So, but instead of having like a good friend that can uh, that can get us out to the car, we've just got a bunch of other drunk friends that are like, "Yeah, bro, kick his ass." Like, oh, this isn't gonna go well at all. In any case, though. Um, oh, dude, one more thing. Yeah, a dude hit me up. Um, I won't dime him out on like exactly who's, I don't know if he's cool with it, but a dude had hit me up and he was talking about a kind of a separatist thing that was getting stood up, uh, like a community, like a proper community, like dudes doing the, doing the homesteading thing and setting up shop and doing it like, uh, he was talking about like the Ozarks somewhere 
And I don't have, like, that's about as much details as I have. But the dude had sent me, like, a video. And I guess, like, these people are, they're kind of floating it out there. And I don't know that it's, I don't think it's, like, an expressly pro-white situation. It's, like, just some people that want to get the fuck out of Dodge. They've got, like, a couple videos. And they've got, like, kind of a, not, not like, a proper recruiting thing. But I don't know, what would you call it? Like, it's not an advertising because they don't want you to buy anything. It's it's not really awareness because they don't really want you to just be aware. But a thing to like invite like-minded people out there to like the middle of nowhere and they're like kind of setting up shop and doing the homesteading thing and all this. The dude that I talked to just based on having talked to this guy, I will imagine that there's some degree of pro-white awareness. I don't know. I don't know how much, if it's any, if I'm just telling myself that. Um, but I will imagine that there's some degree of that. And the dude that I was talking with was like, man, I, I tried talking to him and these guys were like, yeah, we're not breaking any laws. So, you know, why would anybody come fuck with us? You know, for guys listening to this, man, I would want to drive it home to you that you just being a white dude and recognizing that you have interests, right? That makes you a target because what do they want? You know, it ain't fucking hyperbole. It's not hyperbole to say they want you gone. They want you dis-a-fucking-peered. They don't want pictures of you in the schools. They don't want statues of your ancestors in the parks. They don't want to hear about you or read about you in history books. They don't want stories that your ancestors have written. They don't want shit to do with you. They want you to disappear. If there are too many of you in one place... They will ID that place and say, this place is too white. We must diversify it. They will never go to a place that's like, they'll never go to fucking Harlem and be like, this place is too black. We need to diversify it. Like, let's get some white guys in here. They're never going to fucking say that. Like, how much more fucking plain does it need to be? And I think it's this kind of denial thing. I think it's a kind of a denial thing where, like, we want to almost LARP. As like, yeah, bro, I'm under the gun. They're after me, bro. But then when I step back into real life, I just go back to my regular job and I sit through the fucking diversity briefs and I say hi to Jamal, that one black guy that I work with. It's actually pretty cool. He's not so bad. But then, you know, then we're on our own again and then we're like doing white nationalist thing. Like, yeah, bro, we got to fucking keep it on the lowdown, bro. No, dude, this shit crosses all those spectrums, just like you, all those spectrums, right? They want you gone at work. They want you gone in your private life. They do not want you in a house. They don't do not want you like a mouse, right? They want you the fuck out of here. So if you are a collection of white people and you are going off somewhere, setting up shop, the concern there, I guess you would say, is that you're going to go out there. You're going to start not being diverse. You're going to start prejudicing on people. You're going to start having white interests. You're going to stand up a small, successful community. And then other white people in other places are going to look at it and go, well, how come I can't have that? What's different over there than where I am? Oh, yeah. Ma diversity. Ma Holocaust education. All this stuff. They don't have that. And look how well they're doing. I get beat over the head with that on the daily Right. I got a resume 10 times better than Shaniqua over there and I can't even get a fucking interview. Right. So what could I do different? Hey, maybe I start pushing for something like that. Maybe I start talking to people in my neighborhood and we start kind of looking after each other. You know, the same way they encourage blacks to do. Only, you know, they just don't really have that capability. Like you, leave, you leave them alone, you get Africa. That's 
And that's not, you could say that's fucking mean. I just said Africa, dude. You fucking look at Africa and tell me if you want to live there. I'm not making these fucking decisions. But um, specific to these dudes then, uh, what I think we need to keep in mind is that when we say, you know, when we as white people hear the word like attack or subdue or beat down or any of this kind of shit, just like you see in the Bible, I think, you know, you'd see some of those things if you were ever in Sunday school and you'd see that, you know, my children of Israel um, disbanded or conquered or any of this shit. We tend to think of it in this very martial sense, like they're out there with fucking swords and spears and what have you. What we're seeing now, man, is that that's not the way they do business. Like, look at Hebrew run Washington, D.C. How do they do battle? If they can, they're using sanctions. They're using economic leverage. They're saying, yeah, we're going to take all your resources. Oh, God, sorry. We're going to tax you. We're going to sanction you. We're going to do all this shit. And then the last straw is if like you're just not going to play ball, a la Afghanistan, Iraq, these kind of places, then we'll send you know a fucking boatload of white dudes over there to die on our behalf. But if we can, we'll do it economically. So looking at this Ozark situation, it's the same kind of a fucking thing and the same concern you got to have. That like what could it be, man? It could be uh, well these structures, these shanties that you've thrown up, uh, are these up to code? Well, dude, oh, we got a bunch of guys out here that are licensed contractors. Or li licensed here, though? Are they licensed here? And who's your inspector? Let me see all you sign off. And is this registered with the city? Or who is this registered with? I need to make sure. So they're just going to lawfare you to death. All right. So you're going to end up getting like some kind of cease and desist order. There's going to be zoning concerns. Is this zoned for chickens? How do you have chickens out here, Goy? Who do you think you are? Dude, there's nobody for 500 fucking miles. All right, it doesn't matter, Goy. This place isn't zoned for chickens or cows. The ball's on you having a cow. Is that pig kosher? I don't think it is. All right, so this is how you could uh, you could expect to be done if you know if you're not careful. So to that end, I would say you know look, be aware, stay a step ahead of the hangman, um, dude. I remember I just saw the other day there was a picture of a house somewhere in England. It was built on a bridge directly over a river. And the idea was that you can't say it's on any block of land and therefore you can't property tax it, which I thought was pretty fucking slick. But um, I think that is, you know, I mean, it's been that way since medieval fucking England. All right. You know, unless it's fucking Rahoa tomorrow or, you know, fucking World War Three kicks off. and We got a chance to shake this ant farm real fucking good. I mean, you're going to have to fucking play ball with this this bullshit. You're going to have to start building houses over fucking rivers like you owe a tax for this property. What property? It's floating in the fucking air. It's over a river. How are you going to tax a river? Right. Clever, clever. But uh, I think these are the kind of concerns and look and see and just I'm not saying give some fucking ideas. And I'm definitely not saying ask, uh, you know, ask permission when it might work better to just completely lay low. But I'm saying, like, look and be aware. And if you're in a tight spot, do what you can to be in the right before some asshole with a piece of paper shows up. You know what I mean? So with that said, man, I think that's enough browbeating, enough serious talk. I'll finish thing, this thing off with what I promised last time. Um, Oktoberfest Part 2, the, the fucking the story of woe. So where we left off was this idiot that I had worked with got a gig. Uh, he was working in Deutschland, Deutschland, and calls me and says, Hey, man, it's fucking Oktoberfest. Want to come over? And I said, Fuck yes, I want to come over. 
So I had taken off. I stopped in England. I got there and he says, well, wait, you know, first the thing don't start till a couple days. So we're going to fly to England tonight and then we're going to hang out. So we flew to England and it was fucking horrible. And then we flew through Amsterdam and I didn't get to see it because this dumb son of a bitch got cheap ass tickets. And all I saw was the inside of an airport where I slept in Schiphol in the fucking Netherlands, which was a fine time. So now we get back to Deutschland, Deutschland. So we get back to Deutschland, Deutschland, and uh, we land, and the Oktoberfest deal is still not going to start for a couple days. So we got a day or two to kill. So I said, all right, man, so what are we going to do? Are we Are going to drive around? Are we going to look at some historical sites and shit? And he's like, no, better, bro. We're going to fucking Poland. And I'm like, fucking Poland? I'm like, why the fuck would I go there? And he's like, it's the shit, bro. Poland is the shit. I've never been to fucking Poland. How do I fucking know? So now, mind you, it's like a fucking Tuesday. And um, it just, does fucking Poland go off on a Tuesday? Shit, I don't know. All right, if you say, dude, it's your fucking party, let's go to fucking Poland. So this guy gets a fucking rental car, and we take off in this fucking rental car. And we're driving up to Autobahn, and I don't know how fucking far it is. Like, how do I know, you know, where anything is in fucking Poland? Unbeknownst to me, we're seven fucking hours away from the Polish border when we take off. So it is not a quick fucking drive. And I'm like, I'm asking this fucking guy, I'm like, dude, how far is it? Oh, bro, it's only like another six hours, bro. I'm like... You motherfucker, dude. I'm, we're driving and I've been... So you can dig. Like, I already did like this transatlantic flight, flew into Deutschland, flew back to fucking London, flew back to Deutschland, and now I'm driving in a fucking car to goddamn Poland, which I don't even know is cool because we're going on a fucking Tuesday. So we're driving to fucking Poland and it's an all-day dick dragger, dude. We're driving the fucking Autobahn and if you haven't been to Deutschland, Deutschland... The, the Autobahn is real fucking cool, and um, like like the title of, I had mentioned it in the last podcast, and I forgot to fucking explain, but like the five fingers of death, it's like uh, the way that you know you're on the Autobahn is like you're driving on, like it's all, I guess, Autobahn, but like the speed limit will be posted, and their speed limit signs are like a circle with a number in it, and that's fucking speed limit. If it's Autobahn, drive as fast as you fucking want, they call it five fingers of death, so it's like a white circle and it's like outlined in black. And then there's like five diagonal slashes across it. And that's like, go as fast as you want. Five fingers of death, kill yourself. Okay. And dude, I mean, the, the road's real smooth, nice and straight. It's real fucking cool. But I mean, some of them fucking cars that you see, like in the States that you see fucking douche rockets driving around, like the, like an M five or some shit, like a badass BMW or a badass Porsche. It's like all low and wide and shit. Like, you look like a, a jerk-off driving that, you know, stoplight to stoplight. But when you get out on that fucking thing, dude, like, they'll be back there. Like, you're doing 100-plus. And you'll see that guy way the fuck back there and flash his lights and, like, move the fuck over. Don't be an asshole. And you move over and these dudes are like, Wah! like, just fucking roaring by, dude. Like, goddamn. So it's it's pretty fucking cool, man. Um, I enjoyed that. But when you get to Poland, dude, like, I, there, there was no checkpoint. And, like, I didn't cross, like, through the fucking woods. Like, I'm trying to infiltrate the place. I was just fucking driving. But you, you don't know when you get to Poland. Well, maybe there's a sign. I don't know because it was fucking dark because we were driving all goddamn day. But I didn't see, like, a lit sign or anything. There was no checkpoint. It was, like, just going. It's almost like going state to state in the, in the U.S., you know. 
like you're driving and you're on the autobahn, but now you know you're in Poland because like boom, 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 like you hit this rocky fucking road, rib for her pleasure. It's a real ball break. And you're like, holy shit. He was like, yeah, we're in Poland, bro. I'm like, oh, okay, terrific. So we're driving and uh, we drove into this fucking town, Sechin, Sechin, I can't fucking say it. It starts with S-Z, Etchin. So we drive into this fucking place and uh, dude, I swear to God, there were bullet holes in the wall swear they were maybe you know maybe i was ptsd'd out after a ball break of a drive but um one other thing interesting that i learned on this fucking drive was that uh when you see the sign there's a road sign that's like kind of a little square road sign and there's a black car on the right and a red car on the left that means oncoming traffic now see i learned this because i tried to pass this semi and very goddamn near ate another semi right in the fucking teeth, which I did not enjoy, but it did keep me awake for the rest of the drive. So we stopped at some fucking shitbox shell station in Poland, and that's where I had dinner my first night in Poland was at a fucking shell station. And the chick that worked there had to turn the lights on because they leave the lights off to save energy. So they have everything off and this girl has to turn the fucking lights on. And, uh, I had like a fucking fruit pie or some shit and a thing of orange juice. And that was it, dude. Like, that's what you can get for dinner at the shell station in Poland. So I'm like, like halfway through this drive, I'm like, all right, so what exactly are we seeing? And now I come to find out that it's not especially that Poland kicks so much ass or that there's so much going on or that it's so cool. It's that there's this piece of ass in Poland that my friend has got to get a piece of. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, you make me drive you to Poland to get ass? He's like, yeah, but Poland is cool, too. Like, dude, I hate you so much, this guy. So now we go to this Polish chick's apartment. And again, the lights are all off. Everything's locked up. It's like going to a fucking apartment complex in, like, Inglewood, like in L.A. or some shit. Like, it's a shit box. And he texts this chick... She comes down, unpadlocks all the shit so we can go inside. We go inside. Now I'm sleeping on this Polish chick's couch. So last night I slept in the Skippo airport. Tonight I'm sleeping on this Polish chick's couch. Like this trip fucking sucks ass. So he's banging this fucking Polish chick. We get up in the morning. She's got to go to work. So we take off and I'm, I'm not happy, dude. And now we can't find nothing that's open because apparently shit doesn't really open so much on a Wednesday there's not much going on in Poland on a Wednesday. So we go to a shopping mall and I had breakfast at McDonald's. They had a McDonald's there. I got to I got to try to find I got some pictures of this shit, man, from being in Poland and uh I did see a picture like an ad for a bank with Kevin Spacey. Like I don't know if you've heard of this shit where celebrities will do uh they'll do ads in other countries. Just because, like, I, I, I don't know if these people know who the fuck they are. But, like, it doesn't cheapen their bl their brand in the eyes of Americans because you can't read fucking Polish. You ain't going to fucking Poland. But here's Kevin Spacey advertising a bank. I don't know what it said, dude. You know, I don't know. Maybe something, maybe something pedo-ish. Like, you know, deposit all you want, I'll never tell or some shit like that. We'll keep it just between us. Don't tell your dad or some kind of thing. I have no idea. So we finished breakfast and now we're going to get the fuck out of Poland. Cause I'm like, dude, fuck this. You got some ass. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he's like, all right, bro. Well, her work is on the way out of town, man. Let's stop by. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
So this chick works at some like wellness center or some kind of a thing. And we go in there and now she's trying to sell me on like, Hey, you know, I have a, what do they call that shit? Like sensory deprivation tank where you sit in the, in the water, in the dark and it's quiet. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in anything, dude. I slept on your couch last night. I want to sit in the car. I want to go back to fucking Deutschland so I can drink some beer. Would that be too much to ask? Apparently so. But so we're sitting there and uh, my friend is bullshitting with this girl and he's like, hey, so she says she's got a friend that wants to meet you. I'm like, dude, this is bullshit. I don't want to meet nobody's friend. He's like, no, dude, she's really cool, man. And, and like the, this girl that he's talking to, she's cute and that's fine. But I'm like, dude, I want to get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, bro, she's on the way right now. So I'm hanging out. This chick takes like another two hours to get there, man. But this this girl rolls in. And she told me that she was like 35 years old when she gets there. She, she like gives me her like her Tinder bio, you know, says she's 35 years old. Uh, I don't know if she was 35 and, you know, and you've seen, you know, if you've seen like, I don't know, Malibu mommy or some kind of thing like 35, but looks 19, you know, or some kind of a thing. Right. So this chick, if she was 35, dude, it was she did not look 19. She looked like 35, but looked like. 55, like those hard East block factory years. Not hot, dude. Her hair's all like frazzled and shit. Like she woke up late, got down there and she's like, oh, hello. And like shakes my hand. And like, you know, to her credit, she's trying to speak English and she's doing well enough. I don't speak fucking Polish. I know that, but she's trying to speak English and I'm like listening to her story. And dude, she's telling me like, I am so sorry. I'm late. I have this morning, uh, interview for job because right now I have no job. And now she's starting to remind me of like an Asian chick. Like she's about to beg me for money. Like, okay, I know where this goes. I have no job right now, but, uh, today I have interview. I think I have a hope. And she's telling me I have a hope. I'm like your hope. I don't care about this. I'm not your hope. I hope because you're going to be out of hope. If I'm your hope, you're fucked. You know, but she's talking about, you know, I have a hope because my son, he, I'm like, all right, that's enough, dude. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I hope you get the job. I'm like, dude, I'm going to the train station right now. He's like, no, man, it just doesn't have to be like that. Come on, man. We'll, we'll go right now. We'll go right now. My dude, I want to, I wanted to push the guy under the car and then drive over him. But so we get in the car, we drive back to Deutschland. We stop in Berlin and um, one cool thing that I like total happenstance and I got a picture of this somewhere. I, I will post this because I think I know where it is in and amongst all the memes. If you've seen that one picture where somebody does those pictures of like the, the back then, you know, like overlaid onto now. And there's one of like our favorite uncle giving a talk outside this one church. And it's like this big gold looking deal with like kind of a blue in the top of it. I don't know the name of it because I'm, you know, a shitty white nationalist. I'm not good at this. But um, we were driving and I, finally I was getting a break from driving. But we're driving and I saw it. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And I like whipped around and got a picture of it. I had no idea that this was a place like where this shit had gone down. So I was super stoked to have that picture. Uh, we went to, uh, what man, the, uh, the Brandenburg gate, dude, they had all manner of Holocaust propaganda, all the pictures, all these big fucking posters of like, look at all the horrible shit that happened here. And I was like, I didn't know how cool it was to, you know, say something to somebody. I wanted to break balls. I really, really wanted to break balls, but I also didn't want to have to break out of prison. So I decided against that. 
Plus, I didn't know if anybody spoke enough English. Like, they don't know. You know, if I'm up there, like, breaking nuts on, like, yeah, wooden doors, my ass. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. What kind of books were they burning? Tell me. You know, I don't know if they're even going to know what I'm saying. Then it just gets complicated. But, uh, yeah, we hung out there. And while I was at that Polish girl's house, I was emailing this girl that I know that had been to Berlin and hung out. I said we were going to stop there on the way back. So, yeah, so I hit this girl up and uh, I was like... Yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in fucking Poland and uh, it's weird. We're gonna head back to Berlin and try to find something to do. So she says, when you're in Berlin, you gotta go to this place called the Ball House. And I'm like, fucking Ball House. And so she says, this bar called the Ball House. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? I'm like, all right, dude, maybe it's some weird German thing. Like, you know, Ball House to you, maybe that doesn't mean shit. Maybe it's cool to them. Maybe who who fucking knows, right? I mean, I, I went to a fucking bar called the Hobbit House once. And that was, uh, like, it was all staffed by tiny short people. And it was in Asia where you could do that kind of thing. But I'm like, who, who the fuck knows, right? So I'm like, yeah, all right. So we uh, we jet out of there. We drive back to fucking Berlin. I take that, that cool picture. And um, get checked into a hotel, get Batmaned up, get to go out, see what we can see. And now it's like, again, it's like whatever, fucking Wednesday night or some shit. You know, Wednesday night in Red Hot Berlin. So we go get in a taxi, and I'm like... Wissen Sie der Ballhaus? Was der Ballhaus bar? Some kind of bar? And the guy looks at me all fucking weird and I'm like, what? I don't know. A bar? Ballhaus? You know? And he's like, okay. Gives me this look like, all right. And he takes off and now I'm looking at my friend and he's looking at me and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I just did, dude. <laughs> so we're cruising and uh, we pull up and he pulls up to this thing and it looks like I don't know exactly what it looks like. It looks like an old house, kind of like a really big old house that maybe it used to be a church or a church that became a house later or, you know, some such thing, but like this big, like stone looking building. And you can see the lights and shit are going and there's some kind of like, some kind of bar function is happening. I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's cool then. I don't know. But so we get dropped off We walk up there and, you know, you hear music inside but now, like, you walk inside, and I'm like, oh, ball house, because it's fucking ballroom dancing, and there's no shit, there's, like, people, and there's women in, like, the big fucking dresses, and gentlemen, like, well-dressed in nice suits, and, like, little corsages and everything, and this place is not really, it's not, like, in the middle of town where you're gonna just you know walk outside let's just walk down the road see what we can see like it's out there a ways so we're like all right well this is we're clearly in the wrong place like we're a couple of dudes underdressed that showed up at a place called ball house for ballroom dancing like this looks bad already like I, and i don't know what's the scene in here i don't know does it turn cool later i don't know but all i know is i was in the wrong place man so we knock down a beer. We get the hell out. Now he's looking at me like I'm the asshole. I'm like, hey, this doesn't fucking change this Poland thing. You know what you fucking did. But so we get back in another cab. We're like, just take us fucking downtown. And and uh, the guy drops us off kind of in the middle of town. And it was it wasn't warm, dude. I mean, it's it's Oktoberfest time, you know. So it's it's not freaking freezing, but it ain't warm, dude. We get dropped off, and there's like one person outside. The only person outside is this Czech hooker and she's got to be freezing her ass off and she's standing outside and like just just standing there fucking miserable and like we walk by and we ask like is there bars some bars or some restaurants or something cool near here 
And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. We're like, what are you doing? You you like to party? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I already got, I got problems already. This is shit I don't need. So we press on, man, and we, we're cruising down and down the road there. And uh, so we come to, we end up in some place called, uh, it was like, it was like Red Rose or White Rose, some kind of a rose, but it was like the only place open. I mean, probably not the only place open, but it was the only place we could find. And we go in there, just get a drink, let's just get a drink, couple of drinks, and we'll just go home, man. Fuck this. Oh, great. Traffic. So we go in there and it had I, I, this place, I want to say, I want to say it had a Russian kind of a vibe, but I didn't see anything written in Russian. But it was that East Block flavor, man. It was like there was like a this smoke, cigarette smoke that was like stood two feet from the fucking ceiling. Like it was thick in there. And they got some pictures on the walls of like, here's my boy and he's away at war. And here's my family. And here's like a, a like a scissored cutout of the guy who couldn't make it. Bloop, we'll just put that right there like he's there. Like this place is fucking weird. And it was... uh. It was rough, it was dreary, and we were clearly out-of-towners, and these motherfuckers had no time. So, I mean, Russian, not Russian, I don't know, fucking Serbian, who the fuck knows? Maybe it's all just a front for organ trafficking, who the fuck knows? But, uh, yeah, we left there, and I was like, alright, man, fuck this. So, we crash for the night, get up in the morning, now we drive back out to, uh, out to the middle of nowhere, where we're staying. And, um, we're gonna do this Oktoberfest thing, so... I'm staying at a hotel, like kind of downtown-ish. I got this hotel and my friend, dumbass, calls me later in the day and he's like, yeah, so bro, so like just meet me at the at the tent, they call it. They call these big fucking Oktoberfest things tents. It's not a tent, it's like a giant fucking, giant goddamn wooden structure. But because it's removable, you could take it away someplace, they call it a tent, whatever. So he's like, yeah, just meet me at this tent, whatever the fuck tent, and, uh, you know, we'll go to the, the I'll, I'll fucking have a spot for you. I'm like, well, what's the idea here, man? Like, is there, like, is it like Disneyland? Like, you gotta have a ticket or what? And he's like, well, yeah, but see, I fucked up and I forgot to get you a ticket at work. And I'm like, you asshole, I fucking flew all these time zones. I went to goddamn London, had a shit time, went to fucking Poland so you could get laid, and now you don't have a fucking ticket? All I want to do is just go drink some beer. That's all I wanted out of this stupid fucking trip. He's like, I know, bro, I fucked up. I'm real sorry. He's like, but check it out. Here's what you do. Like, because there's sessions, right? It's like drinking sessions, the way they got this shit divided up. So you go to these tents, and, like, there's the afternoon session and the evening session. Like, if there's not static, like, you know, there's not some dispute about whose seat is where or who's doing what, then they're just going to let you in. So he's like, duh, bro, they don't really check, bro. So just, like, you know, just sneak in. And I'm like, yeah, you know, because the Germans, they're known for their kind of indifference to the rules. So fuck it, I'll just sneak in and everything will be fine. And by the time I'm liquored up, it'll be okay, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm like, I fucking hate you, man. So I get the, uh, I navigate the, uh, the U-Bahn and I manage my way out to where this fucking thing is going on. So I, no shit, just kind of lackadaisically cruise in here. And I think it was almost like the way it was happening was like these people are so, what's the word, fucking um, good with abiding by the rules that they don't really look for anybody like doot, 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 like sidestepping into this fucking thing. So there I am just sidestepping my way into Oktoberfest, sneaking past the Germans. 
And I get in here and I find the, the tent. And you know what? If I can find it, I'll put up a picture of that too because it's pretty fucking cool. But uh, the tent, this giant fucking wooden structure. And I'm like, all right, man, I'll fucking, let's, let's, let's get at this fucking thing. So I go in there and I'm looking for where my friend says they're going to be, where his, his reserve seats, not mine, because obviously I don't get shit, but I make my way in here and, um, I see he's got his girl over there and she's sitting next to some girl and they're like, Oh, Hey coffee. Hey, come here, come here. We got a seat for you. I'm like, all right, fuck sweet. You know, I'm like, you got like, everything's maybe everything's back on track. Everything's going to be real cool now. So I go walking over there and my friend's girl is like, Hey, this fucking Russian guy, shit, you not Russian guy. And I haven't even had a beer yet. And they're like, Hey, this, this Russian guy, like he's, he's like hanging out in our little spot. It's like kind of this little booth type thing with like a little table in the middle and seats and shit. It's like any, and he won't leave. So I'm like, all right, dude, but you know, if it's going to be, if the beers are coming and you're going to introduce me to your friend or whatever, Hey, good, cool, man. I'll play ball. So I'm like, Hey man, it's my seat. Fuck off. And he's like, no, no, I fuck you up. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy, so this dude is already off his ass and he stands up and I know he's Russian because he's like, I'm Russian. I fuck you up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This guy is no shit. Like, and I love to make up stories. Like, I'll make up some stupid fucking stories or tell some tall tales over several pints or something. I shit you not, this fucking happened. So this guy's like, I calm down there. So this guy, he's like coming down out of this booth fucking thing. And he's like, come on. And he kind of just he's all fucked up anyways I haven't even had a drink yet and he reaches out to grab me and I'm just kind of like eh, like just kind of pull the guy by and he just falls flat on his fucking face and I'm like ah fuck and now here comes fucking Oktoberfest security and they come rolling up and they kind of snatch both of us up and I'm like dude I haven't even had a beer yet and they do as soon as they grab this guy up obviously he's shit faced plus he's fucking I, I'm Russian you know so he's fucking not popular so they cart his ass out and they kind of give me the side eye and i'm like i'm cool bro it's cool and they're like all right man fuck off go do your thing so i go up here i sit down and now i'm i pull up and now i finally get to this little booth fucking thing and my friend's girl is like hey what's up because i i knew her she's like this is my friend whatever the fuck the girl she was sitting next to that i thought she was introducing me to and she's like, yeah, this is, and it's uh, his wife, and and then there's, and I'm like, wait, wait a fucking minute. Like, you called me over here, like, help me out, help me out. This Russian guy is hassling my friend I'm going to introduce you to, and it's it's nothing of the sort. It's really just, this is that guy's fucking wife. I'm like, hey, asshole, you should be fucking doing this. Like, why am I policing up your fucking, your fucking wife's, you know, next to her seat fucking deal? And they're like, oh, they just kind of laugh. I'm like, this, this fucking typical par for the fucking course already so i'm like all right man so i start pounding these beers and i'll tell you something man these beers at these Oktoberfests, you cannot get it's like man i mean i'll go to like the i'll go to the you know the big fucking beverage store alcohol store whatever you call it. like in california they call it bevmo and i think they got bevmos around other places and then I think there's some on the East Coast they call like wine and more or total wine, total total obliteration, whatever the fuck it is. But those deals where they got all kinds of beer from all kinds of spots. And you can get like some good German beer from some of these good German places. But dude, 
coming straight out of the fucking tap in Deutschland, Deutschland. I have never tasted its equal. I would have this shit every fucking day of the week and twice on Sunday, man. I can absolutely see why these, you know, like you look at the labels and it's some German monk and he's this giant motherfucker and he's laughing his ass off and like, oh, and he's pounding another fucking pint. I'm like, I, it makes sense. It makes sense to me now. I'll do it again and again. But uh, so I got all kinds of shit faced and now like the afternoon session is ending and they're like shuffling everybody out and my friend is like, hey, let's sneak into another tent. I'm like, yeah, let's sneak into another tent. And like, so here we are, man. I'm flouting these German rules. Fuck your rules. Fucking Z, your rules. So we're cruising. We go to another tent. And now we go in here. I only had like one or two beers. I start trying to mumble fuck through some poorly crafted German. And I got nothing in the bag, dude. Uh, so so people roll up and they're like, yeah, this is our seat, unser seats. You have to get the fuck out. Getting Z out of here, motherfucker. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was pretty much done anyway. I walk outside now, and I've lost track of everybody. I don't know where anybody fucking is. But I walk outside, and, like, I got to piss like a racehorse, dude. So, uh, and again, like, how fucking stupid are you, dude? Like, it's almost like, you know, you can't, you can't get away with this shit in Mexico. Like, Mexico, they'll pinch your ass. You piss in the street, or you sneak into places, they'll arrest you on the spot. And you're going to pay fucking as much money as they can squeeze out of you. But not me. It's almost like you're so big they won't dare to stop you. Because, like, who is this bold American just doing wazoo shit? So here's me over here at the side of Oktoberfest pissing on a tree. And and actually, maybe this shit goes. I don't know. I ain't never been back. I didn't never Google, like, is it cool to piss outside at Oktoberfest? But um, I'm doing this thing. And now here comes this, this group of kind of young dudes. And I see the, the this dude. He's like, hey, what you are doing? I'm like, what you are doing? And he's like, you're American. And he's kind of looking at me all fucking goofy. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I can't tell. I look at your watch. I look at your boots. I know you're American. I'm like, all right. Yeah. He's like, you're a special force, I think. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, it's cool, bro. It's cool. We are uh, we are at the at whatever the fuck they call it. GSG9, I guess. And maybe the guy's bullshitting me. I don't fucking know. But he saw me and I saw him. And there was kind of like a mutual ass sniffing thing. We're like, all right, all right. But he's like, it's cool, bro. It's cool. You know, we are a GSG9 over here. And, you know, we're going to go drinking. You want to go with us? I'm like, you fucking goddamn right I do. So I'm going hanging out with these fucking guys. And finally, I'm thinking, like, the worm has turned. And this is not going to be such a stupid fucking trip. So I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm like, where the fuck we're going? And they, they're like, we're going to go to Cool Bar, man. You want to go to Cool Bar? I'm like, fuck yeah. Where are we going? He's like, we go to, uh, how you can say, Titty Bar, Girls, Dancing Girls. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. We're going to the fucking strip club. I'm like, I knew it. You're my kind of people. Let's fucking do this thing. So we take off. We're going to the fucking German strip club. How fucking weird could it be? So we get in this fucking taxi. I don't know where the fuck we're going. We, we're, uh, we're rolling. Now we get to some place. We get out. We go in this fucking club. There's no music on. There's just a bunch of people sitting around. There's nobody dancing. There's no girls. I think there's like a couple girls kind of sitting, doing weird, you know, seated conversation type shit. But there's no fucking music playing. And it's kind of dark and fucking shady and shit, which is fine. But there's nothing else going on. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So you go up here and you got to pay this fucking cover. And you got to pay for this fucking, uh, this drink ticket. Good drink ticket. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, you take this and you get, uh, you, you take this and you get a drink. So basically it's like a, whatever, you know, two drink minimum or some kind of shit. So I'm like, all right, I don't give a fuck. So I got my good drink ticket and I go in here and there's nobody fucking dancing. I go up here and I, now I had two good drink tickets. 
but nobody's dancing. So I'm standing there with one drink and I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here? And I go to some girl, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Why is there no, there's no dancing, there's no music, nothing. She's like, oh, you want to dance? I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking dance. I'm like, I want to see dancing. I want to hear music. What the fuck? She's like, okay, you pay. I'm like, what? And this bitch is trying to tell me that like, oh no, you have to pay. You pay money and then they'll turn on music and some girl will get up there, I'm, I'm guessing, get up there and start dancing. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I paid a fucking cover to get in here. And, you know, obviously this is all sailing right over this chick's head. And I think a lot of these broads are like, they're from somewhere else too. Like, they're not, you know, like from just local. I don't think it's, it's not like, you know, they're paying their way through nursing school like they do that shit here. But she's like, no, no, you pay. I'm like, no, fuck you. So this broad's trying to shake me down for the equivalent of like, I don't know, 25 bucks or something just to turn the fucking music on. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm fucking heated. And now... The, 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 the fucking GSG9 dude comes running over. He's like, what's up, man? What's up? I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. There's no fucking dancing girls at the dancing place. And he's like, it's cool, baby. It's cool. We're going to finish drinks. We're going to go. We're going to go. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we, we pound these drinks. We take off. I'm like, where are we going now? He's like, we go to, uh, we go to fucking place. I'm like, what? He's like, we go to fucking place. We, we see some girls. I'm like, what the fuck? It, like this, now it's starting to get weird again. I'm like, where, where the fuck are we going? And he's like, over here, you see? And there's like, off in the distance is like just one lone, what looks like lone apartment building with like pink neon lights around it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, you know this place. And I had actually heard of this place before. It's called Four Floors of Horrors. And it's like a four story building and it's like just four floors of prostitutes. Now me, even if I was into that kind thing it's not happening man because i'm i don't know how many pints deep so i'm gonna be like shooting pool with a rope right like i'm trying to shove spaghetti in a keyhole it ain't happening friend it's not in the cards so like whatever man i'll go in here and bullshit you know and just hang out if you guys want to do your thing but i go in here and um it's again man it's like it's strictly business in this fucking place so i'm standing there and uh my friend who I had lost track of texts me and he's like, where the fuck are you? And I texted back like, I'm at the pink lights. <laughs> and I obviously don't know where the fuck that is and neither did I at the time. But uh, I'm hanging out in there and all these dudes, they run off, they're going to go and do their thing. And I'm just cruising down the hall and like, obviously it's not going to happen and I know this. And uh, so I just stop in one of the doorways and it's like all just little doorways. It's like sort of like, it's exactly like, like a converted hotel where they've just put like kind of the bead curtain fucking door kind of thing up and you, whatever, you pay, you go here, you do your thing and now then you fuck off down the road, right? And there's just a girl hanging out at each one of these things. And I'm like, dude, this isn't, you know, this ain't happening for me. I know my limits, man, but I'm like standing there bullshit and I talk to some girl. I'm like, hey, what's up? She's like, hello. I'm like, you're, you're not German, right? And she's like, no. I'm like, where are you from? And she's like, Romania. I'm like, why the fuck are you here? I'm like, did you come here as student? And then they say you work and now you're stuck? And she's like, yes. I'm like, yeah. And, I, and I, like, you see this shit all over Asia. Like, this is extremely common. Like, girls will take these jobs and it'll be like, yeah, come here, you know, be a nanny, come here, be a waitress, whatever the fuck. And then they get there and they're like, yeah, so all the girls live in this house and I'll store your valuables. Like, just give me your passport for safekeeping. We'll put it in the vault downstairs. Nobody will steal it. 
And these dumb broads are like, okay. And they hand over their passport and like, bammo, you're a hooker now. Congratulations. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, but I'm not a hooker. You are today. So these broads will get pressed into this shit. And now, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say about, you know, the Southeast Asians or the East Bloc girls, like it's more normal to them to fuck for money, whatever, you know, whatever. It still sounds like a shit deal. And it looked like a shit deal from what I could tell looking at these broads. But, um... So I'm hanging out in there. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, I'm like, sorry for your bad luck. That sucks. But hey, let's do a selfie, you know? So I'm going to do a selfie with this Romanian hooker. And they had like a security mama-san type thing posted at the end of every hallway. And I didn't like really notice this shit. And as soon as I brought a phone out, this broad comes a running. And she's like, no, no, that's Max too. And I'm like, what the fuck? And this fucking broad comes running up and tries grabbing for my phone. And I'm like, oh, God damn, kill you. And now here comes like the like the GSG9 dudes popping their heads out of these rooms. And they're like, what the fuck, man? What's going on? I'm like, that's fucking broad. I'm going to goddamn kill her. And they're like, no, it's cool, baby. It's cool. And so I'm down to like one dude now. He's like, I, I'm leaving anyway. I'm leaving. Come on, let's go. We go to cool bar, cool bar. And I'm like... All right, whatever, cool bar. Let's get the fuck out of here. So we go outside again. We get another cab. He's, I, I'll take a cool place, cool place. So we go, and he takes me to this place that, as best as I can remember him explaining it, was a bunker during World War II, and it's like it, it was a again like a, one of these really old look. What's you know everything in Germany looks really old, really cool, and maybe it's like everything in America is just kind of new and shitty and disposable. I don't know. But it was a, an old building and was really fucking cool. So what do you want? So we go in there and we go downstairs, this bunker kind of a fucking thing. And we're hanging out there. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. But, you know, I I know that I'm, I mean, I know that I've drank my ass off in my day. But I also know that I'm not what you call a proper alcoholic. Because I will get to that point where I'm just like, you know what, fuck this. And I'll just fucking bail. Like, no matter what it is, no matter what's going on, I'll just be like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I got to that point in what was finally the cool bar, cool bar. So we're hanging out in there, and he's like, stay right here. I get beers. Stay right here. I'm like, yeah, I'll stay right here. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, as soon as this dude walks away to get some beers, I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm out, dude. And I just fucking bailed. And I'm walking out, I'm like, yeah, fuck this, no more weird shit for me, no more not dancing girls, no more fucking ball house, no, none of this shit, I'm going home, I'm going to fucking sleep. So I'm walking it off, and now I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know where the fuck I am. <laughs> so I'm taking off, and I'm just walking the fucking streets of Deutschland, man, I'm like Kane and Kung Fu, I got no idea where the fuck I am. And I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I just keep fucking cruising, I'm walking along, and uh, I'm just kind of going with, I don't know, like I'm on goddamn homing pigeon radar mode. I don't know how the fuck I did it, but somehow I'm walking along and I look and I'm like, holy shit, that's the alley my hotel is in. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, finally, like a turn of good luck. And I know shit, like walked from like a subway trip and two cab rides. And somehow I fucking make it back to my hotel, like unscathed. But I did, like I took pictures along the way, like I took a few pictures just in case. Like, I get fucking knifed by, you know, a fucking dusty immigrant or some kind of shit. And they got to try to figure out, like, what do we do with this guy's corpse? Like, where did he come from? Let's get in his phone and see, you know, where has he been? So I'm taking pictures of all these places as I'm cruising. But uh, I get back there and I'm walking. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And I'm finally fucking excited for something. 
And I look, and right across the street from my shitty hotel is this fucking Turkish shawarma joint. And I'm like, fucking Turks. Like, your, your country's got a case of Turks. We're going to have to fucking fumigate, and you're going to need, you know, injections for at least a few months. But in this case, I'm actually happy to see these fucks because I'm starving to death. So I walk in here, and it's like the first warm welcome I've got, you know, since I've been in these fucking places. And they're like, hey! And I'm like, hey! You know, when you're like on fucking in the spirit world and just all shit housed and no good, but like, shawarma, give me some goddamn shawarma, put it in my hand. They're like, yes, yes, come, come. And I'm like, fucking finally. So I did that thing and went to sleep and uh, really just kind of killed one or two days after that, just pulling myself back together and figuring out what I was going to do with my life, which is probably, you know, if I ever go back to fucking Deutschland, Deutschland, hopefully it would be for some kind of, uh, you know, ethnic cleansing type purpose. Or, you know, if I was going to go back to uh, an Oktoberfest type thing, it would have to be like, I got to have a plan that doesn't rhyme with sneak into shit and, you know, get shit housed and just wander the land. But uh, so, yeah, there you go, man. That was my shitbox Oktoberfest story. And if, if you got a better one than mine, man, dude, record them shits. Put it in the fucking chat. But for now, that's about as much as I can stand, and I'm sure you've had your fill. So leave this shit where somebody can find it, because the world needs more people like us. And until next time, keep your eyes on the horizon, keep your neck out of the noose. I've been Coffee. These are my takes. Thank you.